Welcome, and thanks for tuning in. You must be pondering some fantasy sports questions. Well, good news, because you just turned into another episode of Keepers, Sleepers, and Creepers with John and Paul. And just like that, John, we're back into season two of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it nuts? It's kind of weird. Time traveling? Is that what we're doing? We're figuring it out? Baseball's a long season. (laughs) It's true. Uh, but I think that's what makes it more enjoyable to me to some degree. It's like it does get long near the end, but mm-hmm. also you're almost sure who's the winner by the end of the season. Yeah. The same way that you are in baseball, who are the best teams are most likely going to make it at that right. point. Where football, small sample size, a little bit of bad luck, and you, can, you're done. you can't recover as easily. So, well, I mean, that's really why... As a fantasy, is you know, like by definition of fantasy sports, I think baseball is the most beautiful because you can, if you manage your team well and you really look at the stats, the advanced stats, and you stick with it all season long, like you're rewarded. Yeah. Like you're going to win. Whereas football, you can try your hardest, try your darndest, know all the stats, know even stupid stats like, uh, you know. Yards of separation, sprint speed, different stuff like that, but it doesn't yeah. translate. It's true. You might be looking at a running back that has the highest yards after contact, and you're like, ooh, best power running back in the league. Right. Primary back, run first offense. This guy's going to have touchdowns out, out the wazoo. Oh, doesn't matter. They got Deion Lewis. Oh, their fullback gets three one-yard rushing touchdowns, and a quarterback scramble goes in. So even though everything indicated he's the perfect option, yeah, who knows who's even going to be in the game. Right. So... Everything can change very differently based on the stats. So you kind of have to know systems, use straights, and you kind of have to use your gut way more, which mm-hmm. is more difficult. Yeah. But that's why baseball's great, and it's really been a joy for us. We're winning our leagues, got confidence going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and uh, now the trade deadline's passed. So a lot of what the information we give you is going to have to change a little bit in the way I view it, because we usually say keeper, sleeper, creeper, trade this player, you know, do this, that, or wait for the trade deadline. Trade deadline's gone now, so our show's going to a little, our podcast's going to be a little bit different. It's true. I mean, because judging how you can view someone and being able to get a hold of someone that is a keeper is half the goal of the battle, right. is trying to get these keepers in trades so that you can reinforce your roster better mm-hmm. by giving up these creepers or packaging people that are sleepers that are up and coming that have value mm-hmm. for them. So now, yeah, that is very different going forward. We're only looking at people that are a good bet going into the playoffs. Right. So our show's going to be a little bit different, a little bit lower percentages and uh, more so much ad cut kind of thing. So mm-hmm. keepers, sleepers, and creepers, what you tuned into. Uh, keepers being people that are on a hot streak, but buy into it because it could last a little bit longer. Or, hey, this person's not doing so hot right now, but hold on to them. Sleepers, low percentages owned but showing some really good stuff at the plate and have a lot of potential. So go ahead and give them a flyer. And then creepers, people that are on a real rough streak, but it's actually more they're just rough. And you might want to cut them because they're creepy. And that's it. That's the gist of our baseball episode. And uh, we we break down quite a name, quite a few names. So uh, let's start, as our KSC podcast indicates, with the K, which is keeper. John, which got? Uh, I'm going to mention a guy that we talked about um, really the last few weeks or something because he's just been so unbelievable, and that's Gio Urshela yeah. um, from New York <clears throat> Yankees, third base slash shortstop. I just can't get over this guy, how well he's playing he's at incredible. this point. Like, as surprised as I was that DJ LeMahieu has had the season he's had, 
this guy is even more surprising to me because DJ had success at his previous teams. Yeah. This guy kind of came out out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, his previous years we'd mentioned before haven't been stellar, but he's sitting here at a 332 batting average with 61, 61 runs scored, 18 home runs, 63 RBI, and a stolen base while fighting for playing time because they're so deep there for the Yankees. Right. I mean, and that's why I was hesitant to pick him up, and that's why we had him on the sleeper list, I think a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Um, and then Luke Voigt goes down with an injury. And then all of a sudden they're like, we can't put this guy on the bench because he's literally mm -hmm. one of the best hitters in the American League slash NL right now. It's just incredible yeah. to see him hit. And only owned at 73% is a crime. Absolutely a crime. I mean, when you look at another example of another guy... Like, we saw Adam Duvall, like, two weeks ago spike to a 56% own rate because of his insane numbers for about a week and a half, two right. weeks. But this guy's only at 73 when he's been doing it way longer, way more consistently, and, it, and is in a better situation all the way around. Right. I don't have a single idea of how that's even possible. And, and what I really like is I always mention on people that I'm really proud of, Gio Ursula, first off, is his launch angle. So his fly ball rates and his, his line drive rates are great. Um... He's always striking out, though, 15.7% of the time. I mean, this guy, he's a, he's, a killer in the, he's a killer in the plate. Yeah. So i got to call him a, cre a keeper. I think we're in the same boat with that. And He needs to be on 90-plus percent of e leagues. Easy, 100%. He's in the top 10 of third baseman and shortstops. <laughs> he's, he's been fighting for he's playing incredible. time. At least earlier on in the season he has. I mean... There are risks, and so I'll, I'll at least mention the counter-argument of this, but I do not want it to cloud your judgment. He is clearly a keeper. It's that his career batting average is a 269 with 26 home runs for his whole career. He is 18 this year, and 63 RBI this year, but he has 102 career as well with one stolen base, and that's what he's had this year. Yeah, but there's not a single stat out there. Babbitt, uh, expect, expected batting average, expecting slugging percentage, none of that is saying this guy's slowing down. It, the only thing that's indicating slight regression is his expected batting average is at 316, which is still yeah. great. Yeah. Well, so he's just not hitting it, yeah. 332. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm right there with you. His regression is going to be minimal, but he's going to contribute in all aspects of power, batting average, run scored, RBI. In this lineup, in this park, everything's lined up for him to continue to produce at a high, high clip down the stretch. And he needs to be in everybody's lineups, not only on their teams, but starting the rest of the way out. Right. Yep, so forgive my uh, nasally voice battling some sinus coldish stuff, but uh, we're still bringing the heat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel strange. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and stay in the middle of the infield then with my other keeper now, who is also on the show probably the same week we had Geo on it. Um, wouldn't that be cool if we actually had him on the show? Um, that'd be an intense episode. Life goals right there. <laughs> but, but Bo Bichette, and... I mean, way to translate it to the pros. Some people come up hitting home runs like crazy. Still exaggerated, you know, um, strikeout percentages and just, you know, they, they sh they're flashing what they got. But Boba Shad is just bringing it all with already 12 runs scored, four, four home runs, eight RBIs, two stolen bases, and batting 394. I mean, he has great tools. He's taken to the pros extremely well. He's playing in Toronto, and he needs to be added. 69%, again, is a crime. This guy is one of the best shortstops in fantasy right now. And I'm more excited about him than I actually am Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, not, not saying Fernando Tatis Jr. is bad by any means, but I really like what Bo Bichette's bringing to the table in Toronto. He's a very interesting hot hitter. I can't say you're wrong. His youth and in the Toronto lineup are kind of two things that make him a little more 
questionable, but it's so minimal. Like, what he's doing is so clearly awesome, I can't disagree with you. He's just another guy, a rookie, that striking out minimally. I mean, it, that's what you like to see. Because if you're, if you're seeing the ball well up at the plate... And you're putting it together, so you're producing as well, because somebody can see the ball well at the plate, not strike out that much, but if they can't hit, they can't hit. But, I mean, he's putting it together, and he's just seeing the ball so well. That's just what you love to see, for him and Gio. um, It's been incredible. But uh, I I definitely pick up Bo because he's giving you better shortstop, middle infield production than most of the people that are being owned at higher than 69%. That's kind of crazy. It's true. I mean, you might have some Paul DeJong owners for DeYoung owners from earlier on in the season that are holding on. I think I'd be going after him instead of Dansby Swanson at this point with the injuries and things if he's still on a roster. I mean, there's a handful of guys that have big names and started really hot that I would definitely make that switch to. Okay, okay. Who else are you keeping over there? Um, I'm I'm keeping a guy. This is the highest own own rate guy I've got, but we mentioned it before, and I just want to re- reaffirm him as well. Justin Turner, third baseman from the Dodgers. He became available in one of my leagues, so some people for some reason might be thinking he's fading. I don't know, but for the most part, over the last 30 days, he's hit 261. Yeah, so that's a little under what his regular batting average is. But it's mostly to say don't panic about him. I don't think you need to worry. His eight home runs in that period is really good for him. He's not really known to be a great slugger from that perspective. So to be hitting eight home runs in the last 30 days with seven 17 RBI and a stolen base, I think you're going to love it. Um, his power numbers being up when he's a career batting average guy, I think will mean that the batting average will be coming up too if he's hitting the ball hard and solidly going forward. So I think you're looking at a top 100 player going down the stretch. And I think his reliability in general and his ability to help you in multiple categories while not hurting you in batting average is helpful especially in the Dodgers lineup yeah yeah I mean that's like a repeat from last week but way to echo it Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to throw out another name that's going to change up everything because he's not been on the show but he's on everybody's hearts and you got to keep him at this point in the season it's Aristides Aquino or Aquino I should say the punisher here in Cincinnati (laughs) I mean you love what you see, and you, you, you want to temper the hype. Yeah. But you want to look at the num- AAA numbers. 56 runs scored, 28 homers, 53 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, which is nice that he can piece one in there together and bat in 299. Uh, the K rate down in, the, um, in AAA was 25%. It's going to be up above 30 up here in the pros. But the thing is, you're a fool if you need home runs and you cut this guy because you can't trade now. Of course, I would say he's a creeper in trade earlier before the deadline, but now we're past the deadline. So your option is cut this guy. And if you need power, there is nowhere better you can go in the free agency than Estides um, or Aquino. And we'll just say that. As <laughs> much as I've say. watched him. <laughs> Aristides Aquino. There we go. As much as I've watched him play now, I still can't pronounce it, but I'll blame it on my nasally uh, voice. But the <laughs> guy has legit raw power. Um, you know, I, I may not be drafting him next season, but if you can pick him up and you need home runs, you need to do that. He's so interesting right now. But I think I have him as a creeper because he, I mean, it's just as. Almost like a temporary expectations creeper note here. For now, he should be owned, I think, in all leagues. Because why not? He's hitting 429 on the year with 8 home runs, 16 RBI. The fastest start since Trevor Story to an MLB career. I mean, all of the stuff with his exit velocity on his home runs and his, his ability to hit the ball 8 million miles into the seats is great. So 
you're going to get power out of him, I completely agree. But the things that I'm worried about are his minor league numbers from a batting average standpoint have been inconsistent. So I think regression in that regard is going to be substantial. And the question will be, how when that happens, is he going to lose some playing time for the Reds? Which I imagine they're going to be giving him significant right field time going forward. But they do have Winker, Van Meter, and Philip Irvin for corner outfield spots. And then Senzel, who has to play in center. So I think he might get some off days here and there um, more often because they're trying to get all these people playing time for the Reds. But he hit 240 before this year in Double A with 20 home runs, which is by no means indicating that he can't hit home runs. And 240 is not going to completely cripple you, especially considering this last season in the minors he's hit 299, which is great with 28 home runs. But he's still a career 248 hitter in the minors, so I'm thinking temper your expectations a little bit. Um, but for now, while he's hitting this way, 100%, I think he needs to be owned. I mean, yeah, go ahead and temper him, but Joey Gallo was drafted pretty high for this reason alone. And Joey Gallo is now in the DL. Chris Davis is irrelevant. Um, Cruz is in a, hurt. In a competitive league, we're actually, you know, really going for it. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody cut Chris Davis for Aristides, and that's okay. Um, out with the old, in with the new kind of deal, because he's going to give you home runs, and I will crap myself if he's got too many off days to make himself irrelevant. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Too many people love don't. him. There's no way. They, I know, uh, that's true. I mean, the hype is real. Yeah, Red saying nobody would go to the ballpark. So <laughs> he's going to get playing time, and he's going to hit a lot of home runs, but he's going to get closer to 200 probably and striking out. But you need to win that column. Um, so if you want to play him, as a bench player, there you go. I, I think he's. You're not going to find better power, probably. But yeah, not for free and free agency, for sure. Cool. You got any other keepers hiding over there? Um, I do have one more. Let's do it. Jorge Soler, um, owned in 77% of leagues. The same way, this guy also has raw power. Owned about in the same clip right now. Ranked 46 in the league because he's been doing it all year, kind of silently. Yeah. I mean, I've like offhandedly mentioned him a few times that he's an interesting power option, mm-hmm. but I just didn't know how much damage he was going to do your batting average. But as the season went along, he's hitting 259 from a batting average standpoint. Yeah. 35 home runs in the year, only 87 RBI because the Royals lineup isn't great around him. But one stolen base he's thrown in for kicks. I think he's just a hot hitter right now, especially. So I think he's going to get to 40 home runs by the end of the year. Um, in his last 19 at-bats, he's one of the hotter hitters in the league with the Nine runs scored, six home runs, 12 RBI, and a stolen base with a 474 batting average. Uh, I think you might get some really hot at-bats if you can claim him right now and ride him out for a while, especially considering his his advanced stats really check out. His barrel percentage and exit velocities are very much improved from the past few years. Um, He's still striking out, but that's kind of just what he does. So I I think he just seems like a guy that I'm finally really willing to believe in going forward as a legitimate home run threat down the stretch even into the playoffs i mean they're two very similar players really two projects that are taking a long time to pan out um we'll see i I like them i'm bummed that i cut them so early and that people held on to them i just didn't have the spot open but i didn't have the spot open for good reason it's not like my my team slouching exactly but uh anyways i wish i could have him i guess i still don't know who had a roster for him but anyways that's that's a good point. He is a very good home run source. Inconsistent. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's just been chipping away at a few here and there all year. Yeah. 
I think that kind of put him under the radar for me for longer than he probably should have been on the season. Because it was just like, well, the Royals lineup is still bad. <laughs> this guy still doesn't hit for a lot of batting average, and his strikeout rate's always high. But, man, when he hits them, they're gone. So I think he's right. finally been pretty consistent, chipping away one or two a week. Not gotten hot enough for me to get hope that he's going to be better than who he is. But you're at 46 rank for a reason at this yeah. point. Absolutely. All right, then. Let's move on. Yes. Who we tired. Who we tired over. <laughs> Who we sleeping <laughs> on. This tired phase. Yeah, I'm going with Randy. Oh, gosh. Arizania? Arizania? Mm-hmm. Arizarina? I don't know. St. Louis outfielder. Young guy. Oh, owning only 5% of leagues. Um, but he's a really interesting guy because he's coming up from the minors He's a good contact hitter with great batting average in the minors this season, especially. Especially, um, But he also has been respectable in previous years as well. It's not like just a fluke year where he's really put it together. Um, 349 batting average between AA and AAA this year with 10 home runs, 42 RBI, and 16 stolen bases. So what you're getting is good speed, not great speed, but good speed for base stealing and a tiny bit of pop. It'll probably be reduced a little bit in the majors from that standpoint as well as batting average, but... He's hitting 368 in AAA, so he's hitting better in AAA than he is in AA, which is mm-hmm. usually a good sign. I think he's a nice quick add for batting average at this point, and he's very under the radar. He just got called up on Monday to join the St. Louis Cardinals roster, so I think he's a very interesting player. Um, it might be worth giving him like a couple of days since he's only in, phoned in 5% of leagues to see if he works out a little bit and how he plays getting up, but I think in a deeper league, I see a lot of appeal here. Well, we'll go ahead and jump, since he's one of my uh, creepers, we'll s- snag him off the creeper list, and it just, there's too much outfield out there. I mean, this guy is not going to grade out. He doesn't grade out when it comes to the, you know, prospects for pure speed or power um, that well. He does That's have true. 16 stolen bases, but he's also got 10 caught stealing, so very iffy. 10 home runs, meh. I don't know how well that translates to the pros. We've seen it with Mondesi and other people that don't hit him many home runs, and then come to the pros and can jack some out. I don't feel it for him, especially since this is going to be a shorter stay. I think he goes back down after Jose Martinez gets healthy, which shouldn't be too, too long with that AC sprain. Um, we'll see. 368 is encouraging in AAA, but if you're not bringing anything else to the table, you're not going to hit that high in the pros still. He's going to be a little bit south of 300, I think, without any of the nice power tools. It's, it's hard for those kind of weak hitters to transition to the pros. We've seen that with Nicky Lopez with the Royals. He just didn't get it done like I thought he could have. So I've lost face in a in a worse hitter. So this is pretty much a less tempting Oscar Mercado, although he's really panned out pretty well. But it, there's so many other outfielders out there that are still more intriguing to me than Randy. Avicel Garcia is still owned in like 20 to 30% of leagues. And if you're going to pick up that dude over Garcia, then you flat out crazy, and <laughs> you didn't listen to us, and you're doing something way wrong over there, Cotton. So, uh, that's why I'm creeping on. Oh, will it hurt to put him on your wash list and let him be a sleeper there? No. If he goes on a really cool streak, do you want to pick him up? Sure. I don't know what he's going to go on a streak on, because he's not very good at stealing bases. He's okay at hitting homers in the in the minors, and I doubt he hits that well up here in the pros, but that's it. Yeah, ceiling is low, admittedly, for sure, on this guy. I think what you're getting is batting average. That's the one stat you're really going to be able to soak up here. Um, 
if it was on my teams, I could probably use a little help in that category, but I would want to make sure this guy is hitting for batting average it doesn't come up in slump and isn't overwhelmed by the pros because then he's not giving you anything. Right. So there, there's risk there. Um, I'm kind of on the wait and see with him, but I think he's interesting. Well, here's another guy that's more interesting. It's only owned in 17% of leagues, and it was a part of the haul that the Diamondbacks got for Grinky which makes the Giants look even more stupid <laughs> because they could have had a haul like this. And, like, albeit the Mets are surprised me, but the Mets had the starting rotation at least to go on this run. Yeah. I could see this they happening. They still aren't going anywhere in the playoffs. It will but, be very difficult to see that happen. <laughs> Unless Alonzo's playing like Bellinger or Yelich going into the playoffs, which I – who's going to bet on that? <laughs> well, and that's the funny thing that you just said, like playing like those guys. Well, that's great that he's playing like those guys, but those guys are going to be in the playoffs playing <laughs> like themselves better than them. Like, like so it doesn't even matter. But anyway, those true. teams are just better. But I'm cool. That's great. good for you Mets fans. Not going to win a World Series. Um, but the Giants <laughs> – but you also didn't really kill yourself in the future going forward. We say that you should have traded Zach Wheeler and brought something in, but it's not like you're bringing in, you know. Wheeler's not going to net you. Wander Franco or something like that. Yeah, he's not getting an ace in return. Right, right, right. However, Bumgarner and Will Smith could have brought you something good in, like a Joshua Rojas here that I'm bringing up, with the Diamondbacks, who's just killed the ball in the minors. 89 runs scored, 23 homers, 83 RBIs, 33 stolen base, batting 332. Um, goes from Astros that are just stacked with talent. Who knows when he sees the light of day in the pros. Gets into Arizona, and what an awesome place to start because you see people like Eduardo Escobar and people that don't have these great profiles having very good seasons because Arizona is a great place to be a hitter. Mm -hmm. And now he's going to slot right into that lineup. And who knows where his position eligibility will end up being, but he's going to be second base shortstop and play some outfield. So he's going to be able to fill some spots for you. He's going to have great lineup support. Um, those, those counting stats are going to dip a little bit. Even the average does. But he's going to be a solid player. I would give him a fly for sure. He has a lot of intrigue. He's interesting. I kind of have him on the watch list too, but he, is, he has way more upside than a guy like Arizania or something as an example. So yeah, very intriguing, very intriguing. Yeah, but I mean, there's some short stops I'd be contemplating. Saying goodbye to, to bring up the, for, for this cat. Either way, Diamondbacks fans have to be super excited right now. 100%. Yeah. Four great prospects. And then meanwhile, the Giants are going to just be awful next year. <laughs> Isn't it nuts? <laughs> Pretty crazy. Yeah. One of the worst trade deadlines I've ever seen. They just had so much going for them with so much interest surrounding all their players for weeks. I yeah. don't know how they didn't make those moves. Absolutely. Although they did get rid of Lanson's contract, but that was the only plus I saw. Anyways, <laughs> who else you got sleeping over there? I got a guy named Cal Quantrillo. Quantrill? Owned in 39 percent Padres season. pitcher? Yeah, Padres pitcher. Um, five wins so far in the season with 3.21 ERA, 1.14 whip, 70 innings pitched, and 57 Ks. So he's been up for a little while, and I mean, 
those are some pretty solid numbers across the board. I mean, those don't look a whole lot different than Chris Paddock's, who everyone is viewed as an excellent acquisition. Mm -hmm. um, but he's only owned a 39% of leagues, so I think he's available. In 2016, he was a first-round pick, eighth overall, but recovered from Tommy John surgery, which is kind of what slowed down his uh, excitement in general surrounding mm -hmm. him. But with his great start and the K rate being a little low, I mean, it's a little concerning there for the 57 and 70 innings, but that's not awful by any means. Nah. I just think when you see him pitch in the last 14 days with 12 innings pitched, a win, 1.5 ERA, 8 Ks, not .92 whip, he's pitching better than he has on the season recently, along with his good season to go with it. San Diego usually does well with developing pitchers and mm -hmm. young pitchers playing well out there. I think he certainly is worth a shot of owning, if not is a must-own. And if you're like me and you're in a Roto League randomly, and Roto Leagues are fine, that's all great if that's what you enjoy, but if that's just your side league, I've been streaming him for the last few weeks and been falling in love with the guy. Yeah, he's been it's really effective. letting me down. Consistency is so nice from a pitching standpoint, especially in head-to-head, -head, but even in season long like that, it... It feels really good to have a guy you can trust. <laughs> right. And I think that's where I'm at with Cal. I'm willing to trust. Absolutely. I trust in him as a streamer in my Roto League, but I will never pick him up in my head-to-head -head team. <laughs> but no, he's probably already no, picked no, up long. Yourself, <laughs> but Possibly. that again, if you're tuning in for your first time, that's just because I don't play starting pitchers in head-to-head -head, uh, default categories leagues. Um, cool beans, cool beans. My sleeper, my next one, Ian Happ. Ian Happ, um, all right. Numbers are inflated because, A, he just played against the Reds, and, um, B, he hasn't had enough time to strike out. Maybe he doesn't strike out as much, and this is what's intriguing. He's a career 33% strikeout, uh, strikeout rate for him. He's at 21.7 right now. If he could keep that number at 21.7, dude is going to break out. Dude will break out because he keeps hitting the ball harder and harder every single year. Already with four homers on this year, mainly because, like I said, he does that every time he comes to Great American. But there's tons of intrigue around him before this season, before last season. Mm. Um, he's got tons of potential, and he's going to put it all together here soon. And why not keep an eye on him down the stretch right now? Because he's going to give you some pop. Who knows what position eligibilities he gets by the end of this season. Um there's a lot of intrigue there. Now, if he keeps, if you see that 21.7 start to turn into his career 33.2 and the homers fall off a little bit, then just jump ship. But at 26%, he's another guy that may be able to give you some nice position eligibility home run power at the end of the season. I completely agree. He, he definitely should be looked at and picked up in a lot of leagues while he's playing this well. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I mean, some regression's possible. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's been a little fluky in the past, not playing up to his potential. But right now, it looks like he is. And with all that potential that he has, when you start to see that translating, that's when you want to jump on, the, on board. Right now, he's ownable, achievable, good lineup, playing well. I see nothing wrong with picking him up and riding him while he's hot. Right on. Well, who else are you sleeping on over there, John? I got a guy that you were a big fan of earlier on in the season, but he's just kind of disappeared. But it's starting to look like keep an eye on him. I don't know exactly how his health is looking, but Mitch Han Hanniger, um, Seattle outfielder, um, owning 67% of leagues, the worst injury <laughs> I could have ever thought One of, yep. uh, to hear about. In and the it league. sucks because it's going to keep him labeled as injury prone, and he could have done nothing to do. Nothing. Except wear a cup for the rest of your life. Yeah, <laughs> everywhere you go. <laughs> 
You never know. So bad. But although this unfortunate injury has plagued his season and may continue to linger, I mean, I don't know how players do coming back from this injury. Because I've literally never heard of something so tragic. So there is risk seriously involved with that. But he's been a very, very good player over the last two years. He's been a 280 batting average plus guy with some good power. Last season he had 26 home runs. The Seattle lineup has been better this year than it has in the past. Not mm-hmm. that it's it's kind of cooled off since the amazing start they had, but it's still good. I think he could really succeed if he's healthy when he comes back. Um, I think it'll take a little bit of time, obviously, when he missed this long a stretch. So I'm thinking wait a little bit and only pick him up if you have an empty roster spot available for him. Uh, so if you have a bench spot that you can't afford to do that, like you have a lot of versatility with people like the Ian Haps of the world that allow you to rotate him in to fill other holes. Mm-hmm. This guy, I think, is could be a really good, nice help in the playoffs. If somebody dropped him, I would definitely pick him up. As long as the reports keep coming back positive, I'm, I would for sure have him. And if you got an open IL spot. Yeah, if you have an open IL spot, killer. But right. I know in one of my leagues he's free, which is nice. But 67% doesn't mean he's free mm-hmm. in every league by any means. But you might be one of the lucky few that have him available. Right. And I think he's definitely worth an, an add. I just think the slow start will probably be likely upon return. But I think he'll pay dividends down the stretch, especially because he's a career guy with a great batting average, even though he's only hitting 220 on the year. But he's been hurt so early, it kind of slowed him down quite a bit. Absolutely. That's your last sleeper there? That's my last sleeper. I have one more. And, and this one goes against the people I usually put in my sleeper list because I'm such a big believer in how the advanced profile looks. Um, and this guy does not have a pretty advanced profile at all. Nor does he have a really guaranteed playing time. But what he does have is a resume that defies his advanced profile and a team in a ballpark that welcomes it. And it's Freddie Galvis coming to Cincinnati with 31% ownage rate. Um, a, you want to make sure he gets... A, if he gets the playing time, he's going to be productive. It's... It, you come to Cincinnati and you got the profile that looks like his. All of a sudden, you become like a home run hitter and a fan favorite. Um, <laughs> it's fifty-five true, home, yeah, fifty-five runs, eighteen homers, fifty-four RBIs, four stolen base, and batting two sixty-seven in Toronto, which is a hitter's ballpark. But now he's coming to the hitter's ballpark, pretty much. Um, and you can say, well, his advanced profile looks mad at best. So does Scooter Jeanette. So does Jose Iglesias. All these people does. But you come to Come to Great American, and you you do just fine as long as you're not striking out like crazy. Yeah, and if you, and you I, put the ball in the air, it's it's gone. gone. And that's the kind of player he is. Um, you know, he did it in Philadelphia too, another hitter hitter's ballpark. Not so much in San Diego. So this is the dude. He's coming here. Um, I think we brought him in with intentions to play him because they're going to keep him around next year with that uh, option. I do believe. Um, so he's going to get some playing time, and why is it important? Because he can give you those counting stats, stolen base and home run, um, and maybe even home run at a greater clip than when he was doing in Toronto for a short time here in Great American. He's very intriguing. Yeah. I don't know how high the ceiling is, but Great American makes it really interesting. So uh, yeah. It, it's um, Like you said, if Scooter Jeanette can do what he did when he was here, this guy's the right. limit for people coming into this team. Uh, so he's interesting. I and and not just Scooter, he's just recent memory, but mm-hmm. every hitter pretty much all time that hit home runs here and then didn't do anything elsewhere. 
Like, could you imagine what Brandon Phillips offensively would have looked like? The number of fir- first row home runs I right. saw him hit, insane. Was right. he was he always a good contact hitter? Of course. Mm-hmm. But I think you're looking at a guy that's not a 2020 guy mm-hmm. in his prime. Mm-hmm. You're looking at a 1020 guy yeah. in a different ballpark with maybe five points added to your batting average. Right. Where you have a little bit bigger park for him to hit in. Right. Adam Dunn never would have hit a home run elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are exceptions <laughs> to the rule, but yeah, I like your point. I like your point. Yeah, he, he kills the bot. <laughs> One of the few that has true power in his home runs. <laughs> he was uh, fun to watch. He was. All right, even, then. even in the field, him flailing around out there occasionally. Believe it or not, though, I've seen worse <laughs> outfielders, I think, than Dunn. <laughs> From a technique standpoint... It's a debate. It's a debate this season. <laughs> Winker's not far off. Man, man he's bad. Sorry. I've just never seen a person with less range and less appeal for an arm. Yeah. He's so slow for a guy that looks fair, like he should be at least moderately athletic. Right. It kind of just blows my mind. It does a little bit. I don't know. And then we've had some other ones, though. <laughs> True. <laughs> we have had some bad... Willie Moe was up there, too. <laughs> Willie Moe. It's true. We love to stick people out in the corner outfield. And like, we can make this work. We have, like, the smallest outfield ever. It'll yeah. be fine. It still magnifies the weakness. Was it in Boston <laughs> or since... I'm pretty sure it was in Boston when Willie Moe went to Boston where the, helm, the ball hit him in the head and it went into <laughs> for a home run. I don't remember I that. think it was in Boston. It was incredible. Uh, I mean, at least it wasn't the highlight today. I, I think it was Detroit. Where two people ran into each other trying to catch a ball in the outfield. And one guy went above the other one trying to reach for it. And he pushed the ball out for a home run. And they ran into each other and then landed on the ground. Pretty excellent. That's a done play. (laughs) It's a done play out there. All right, then. To our last letter, the C of the KSC podcast. Where we talk about creepers in baseball land. Absolutely. I've already littered or leaked or something. One of mine out there being Randy. Yeah, um, and I also leaked out Aquino as well as a moderate creeper. I think he definitely should be owned, etc. But you know, I think he's a little overrated at this point. I think he'll come back down a little bit. Then we need to mention some more. We do. I will start with Gene Segura. I had a lot of high hopes for him going through this season, but looking at the the way he's played, it's very strange because he doesn't appear directly to be as bad as what I think. He might be for you down in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, shortstop for Philadelphia, owning 89% of leagues, um, hitting 281 on the season, 11 home runs, 48 RBI, and seven stolen bases. Like, yeah. He's bringing a little bit of everything there for you, which appears nice. But in the last 30 days, he's had 315 batting average, which sounds really nice, and it is. That's really good. But one home run, eight RBIs, and no stolen bases? Yeah. The reason why you have Gene Segura on your team is for the stolen bases. And if he's giving you none in the last 30 days and only seven on the season, that really hurts, especially when his batting average is down like 20 points from the way it was last season. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not bringing you a lot of counting stats, and his own rate I think is just too high based on the way he's producing. Right. Some of it is he's been injured a little bit, and so I, I know that slows you down, but he's still way behind the curve of what you'd expect even with the injuries here. Uh if you're looking for batting average help, I don't think he's going to kill you in that regard, and it might come up a little bit. But, oh, the stolen base drop is awful. And I mean, his sprint speed's in the 63rd percentile right now, which is not terrible by any means, but it also indicates he's not in the top 
echelon of speed, which would help him with his stolen bases going forward. I think it might be a little bit difficult to come by. So I think he might be an interesting one to try to even be willing to cut if you can get one of these more exciting shortstops that we're talking about. You might not regret that in the playoffs. No, and and this is why he was on our name our list is that he's barely he's bringing average, but not enough on a you know a full roster to actually make any difference on your week. And you say, yeah, you're really worried about the stolen bases, but in all fairness, Gene Segura he does give you a pop, and you want the pop with the stolen bases, and the stolen bases are down, and the pop you wanted to be there a little bit more. Now that he was in Philadelphia, you thought it was going to be a little bit easier, and that's not quite up there. I mean, yeah. not enough frequency on home runs. But all the home runs and the stolen bases are the given counting stats on top of runs. But now he's batting like fourth and fifth, and he's not even going to give you the runs anymore. So he's just going to be batting for a decent average. And, and, and we're like, well, is he getting the RBIs? No, he's had like, you know, eight in the last seven days, you said, or something like that. Eight in the last 30. Yeah. Eight in the last 30. And I think it was like three in the last seven, if I remember right. So, I mean, he's really not bringing you any counting stat. His advanced profile was very meh at best. I, I would absolutely, if I needed to, cut him for Gio or Bobachet in a heartbeat for the intrigue that they bring down the stretch in the playoffs here because they're not hurting you. At, Gio's hitting better than John Segura's average-wise. All the way around. And so is Bobachet right now, the smaller sample size. But even in the minors, he's telling you he's got a higher ceiling than John Segura, and right now he's even hitting at... You know, closer to that ceiling. So, I would let him walk if I needed to for one of those two short stops. Geo is my preferred option, but if I needed a little bit of you know intrigue, I'm picking up Bobachet too. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it, 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 this is a guy I will say it's a mild cut because he's not obliterating your team. He's not playing like garbage right. and saying give up. But I, he's just a sneaky one where but on, if, on paper he doesn't look that bad. Right. But I think you're going to be really disappointed in the playoffs when you have him on your roster. Right, and and hopefully you can you know keep him. He's a great bench ad. I I honestly think Gio I would see as a starter over him, and yes. then John Segura on the bench. Yeah. But if it's a shallow bench or a very deep league, and you got to let him walk, you got to let him walk. But I'm telling you, the Gio is going to outperform him easy for the rest of the season. Easy, I completely agree. And I think Bobochet does too. Um. Anything that Philadelphia is going to give John Segura, you would have already seen by now. At this point. So. Yep. And then I'm going to, I'll stick in the middle infield now. And here's another shortstop I would cut bait for for one of these young guys, Gio or Bobachet. And it's that the hype and the inflation is gone and Jorge Polanco has fallen to earth. Yeah. Still owning 78% of leagues on the season now. Um, 17 homers, 56 RBIs, four stolen base, batting 295. Um, in the last 30, though, he's batting now down to 223 with four home runs, and his home run total is just not supported by his stats. I mean, and plus he's not a big base dealer, even less so than um, John Segura. So yeah. the pop's really not going to be there. I would not count on him. If he's been a source of home runs for you for this season, it's not going to be there for the, the postseason. If Gio is in the free agency again, you're, you need to stop listening right now and go at him. Um, Bobochet as well. And then if there's a small trade-off in power projected-wise from what Jorge Polanco put up in past you know weeks, then go ahead and, and if you can, get Aristides as well. He's mm-hmm. just a bench to you know, flop in there for a home run. He's not going to give you 8 and 12 games, but he's going to give you more pop 
for the end of the season than Polanco does. Easy. Yeah, cake. I couldn't agree more. I mean, like you said, the last three days have been soft. He has great numbers on the season, but it's dipping. He was yeah. an all-star, and he he, he front-loaded his whole season. Mm-hmm. His exit velocity and hard hit percentage are in the 21st and 26th percentiles, respectively, so he's in the bottom quarter-ish for both of them, which is not what you want to see for a guy that has 17 home runs where he's on pace for 20. It makes that very unprojected. Um, especially considering his launch angle is 18 degrees, which is what you want for a home, from a home run hitter. Mm-hmm. But bottom tier exit velocity means you're popping up a lot. So, or at least that's what you're trying to do when you're flying the ball out, or flying out. Yeah. So it's it's not really looking great, especially considering his previous career high is 13 home runs. Mm-hmm. So he's already beat that, and him ending at about like 20 seems like probably at best. will where probably that'll be where he ends is about 20. Yeah, and then you said like, or like you said, uh, stolen bases haven't been a big thing for him ever. Right. And I mean, for an example, last season he only had seven stolen bases, but he got caught stealing seven times in the stolen bases. So they're running him less, which is smart because he's not efficient at doing so. Mm-hmm. So he has four on the season, but I don't think you expect to see more than six, uh, maybe five, something like that down the stretch. And his, his expected batting average is at 277 as well, which indica- indicates regression on almost all fronts then mm-hmm. when it comes to stolen bases, home runs, batting average. I mean, his runs scored have been excellent throughout the season, but also the Twins are probably not the best, most talented offense in the league either, especially with Cruz getting injured right now. So it might even hurt his run scored a bit going forward. So he's also not a pure drop, but I think he's a guy that regression is going to be happening. If you can get a more exciting option, especially Geo, I would 100% encourage you to do that. Yeah, I was glad that uh, to hear the report on on old Nelson Cruz. So don't panic if you're a Nelson Cruz owner. They'll hold on to him. He'll be back. And I think he'll be belting them for you in the playoffs. Um, that's pretty. I own him, so it was interesting to learn all about that and to listen to Justin Morneau talking about when he went through that injury and how he actually felt way better and stronger when it actually ruptured instead of just playing with a sore wrist all the time. Hmm. So it doesn't add any stability to your swing. It just, he said it was hurting me. And and that's what Nelson Cruz has said. He said, I'm feeling great. He's already hitting again. So, hey, who needs it? <laughs> who needs <laughs> it indeed? <laughs> if it's slowing you down, cut it out. Whatever. If he can hit the ball harder, that's going to be incredible. Because he's already killing it. My yeah. goodness. Incredible. That's it that I have for Reapers. That's all I got as well. Wonderful. Then let's move on to the double plays where we bring out double the pitchers and we talk about why they're a good double the starter. It's true. That's where we're at. That's how it is. So I got two guys that are low in the owning percentages this week. So these are not home run people, Mm -hmm. but I feel like they're better than they appear. Mm-hmm. Um, as options for double double plays this week, um, he's owning this first one is Ivan Nova owned er, for the White Sox. Yeah, he's my number one too. Oh, nice. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Owning seventeen percent of Yahoo leagues and thirty one percent of CBS leagues, but in five straight starts, in, including the one that was currently happening um, right now, he, he's had under two ERA. So that's consistent. <laughs> You're pretty much pitching great in right. your last five starts. Um, his season numbers are not nearly as staggering at 4.8 for the ERA with a 1-4-1 whip, which is the more concerning thing in my mind. But he's got a but matchup. that's why he's a streamer. Exactly, 100%. And he's hot right now. Right. And I think that's the best thing that you can get. 
Um, he's going up against Minnesota and Texas, which are definitely not overly kind matchups, but it's also not like the hottest Houston lineups or something in the world either. So I think he's not a bad streamer at this point. I right. think he, he, there's a real good chance he split wins, and he pitches pretty well for you. Yeah, I mean, the first start's up against Kyle Gibson with Minnesota, and he had a horrible last start. And then the next one's up against Texas, who, of course, this is next week, but you look at them right now, and they're scuffling, and they've lost the five of the last six. So if that continues on, too, maybe he sneaks you in a couple wins because, you know, it's some favorable conditions. And, and Nova's been a good pitcher in yeah. the past as well. I mean, yeah. he's strung together good runs like this before. It's easy to believe into this, so. Yeah. He's not a complete In the last 30 days, 2.2 ERA with a 1.01 whip. I like it. That's what we're talking about. All right. I wonder if we're going to match on the second one. Probably not because he's <laughs> yeah. still – we always pick lower that are ownable. However, my guy's a little bit higher, and that's Steven Matz. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love Matz. Yeah. I, I, I love him. I wish he had a little bit better matchups, but he's pitching solid right now, and their mm-hmm. team's winning like crazy. If the team continues to win like crazy up until next week, then I definitely think he's a good double play. Um, but he's got two decently tough matchups versus Shane Bieber of Cleveland. Um, and he's just been his usual dominant self. However, if the Mets are hot, Steven Metz hasn't, Steven Metz hasn't been bad. You're still in play for that game. And then mm-hmm. the next one's up against Atlanta, which is a better matchup, especially because Dallas Keuchel has been rough at times as he's making his way back from pitching, you know, halfway into the season. Uh, so that second matchup is still tough. Elena's a good team, but yeah, I I think he's a solid matchup because he's not going to hurt you. He just may not get you those wins per se. Yeah, I think he's a very safe pitcher to pitch as well. He's on one of my rosters right now as well. I think you'll be happy with it. Um, But my double play is Joe Ross, um, owned in 26% of leagues for CBS and 18 for Yahoo. Um, Three straight excellent starts with wins under. 2.0 2.0 ERA, um, rough season at 6.75 ERA and a 1.75 whip. So I feel a little less confident with this guy, but he's working his way back from some injuries. But he's got Pittsburgh in his first game against Trevor Williams, who's just been getting shelled. Mm-hmm. My goodness, what happened to the guy that I believed in so heavily early on in the season? Right. He pretty much went on the, the IL and never came back. <laughs> it's pretty rough. So I'm feeling really good about that first win at Pittsburgh. Um, but the second matchup is at Chicago, who's definitely playing for something right now. I'm going up against Jose Quintana, yeah. who's been very good, pretty dang good. So I think you're getting one win, probably one loss there. But with the way Ross has been pitching, I mean, he looks like he's got it figured out a little bit. And right. if we're looking back to two years ago, which I know is kind of a bit of a stretch here, but in his last couple of full starts um, or full seasons earlier on in his career, he was a, about a 3-5 ERA pitcher. Um, the last few have been a little more rough, but maybe after a little bit of time away, getting back, getting right, rehabbing, maybe he's figured something out. And so I think with the way he's pitching and the way that his team's playing with Washington right now in the playoff race, you're feeling good. I yep. think he's a decent double play, especially at a low ownage rate of a 26% CBS. And if he brings a loss, who cares? Because if you're streaming pitchers, then you don't care about losses. If, if loss is a category in one of your leagues, then you shouldn't be streaming pitchers. At least that's my opinion. I think it's probably a safer thing. The only way that you can secure that is by picking pitchers on good teams. And I'm not even talking about the best pitchers in the league. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to get ruined with that even. But you're right. All right, all right. That's it for the double plays, isn't it? That's all I got. 
Well, this is an interesting closing time where I talk about closers as we close. And it's the Braves carousel. Must be rough to be a Braves fan right now. So, <laughs> so sad. Shane Green came in, just got torched because, uh, I mean, I think we all knew that he wasn't that good in Detroit. And that's why you trade people at their peak. <sighs> Giants. And, <laughs> and they didn't do that. But anyways. And then they also got Melanson, who melted down. And they had to turn back to Luke Jackson. Um, if I'm in this situation... And you're like, I own, I have a monopoly of Braves closers. What do I do? I'd say hold Pat. I wouldn't cut any of these dudes until you see how it plays out. And if you got a free spot or something like Nathan Eovaldi, who's he's going back to the starting rotation now. He's completely out of the save talk um, in Boston. Um, hold Pat. Maybe pick one of them up. See how see how it plays out. But in my gut, I want to say that. I can't see Luke Jackson being the answer because he they tried, and then that's why they brought in like 13 different pitchers because of PTSD <laughs> from him pitching, where he's 18 saves for 25 um, oh, no. chances, so that's not good. Um, I think they believe in Melanson, and they wouldn't have got that contract. Um, maybe he gets another one. Maybe he needed a day off and it gets another chance. I'm not cutting Shane Green either. So I'm just saying hold Pat, see how it plays out. Um, it, Braves are a good source of saves, man. Yeah, you can figure out which one's going to do it. So, I wouldn't let any of them sit in the free agency. I guess right now, that's all I have to say. That's good advice. I mean, good teams equal saves. Right. Pretty simple equation. So as as long as you get a person that is able to do it. Yeah. Nail them down. Oof. Right. You got yourself a gold mine. And that's what's going to keep the Braves if they make the playoffs, which they should, from being a super, uh, World Series team because. You gotta have a better bullpen than that. You absolutely do. And man, their position play, their young team, their core, so good. Mm-hmm. If only they could get that <laughs> the pitching worked out, they'd be set. That is so so sad. All right, that's it. Episode twenty-five in the books. Football's out too. Give us a listen. Those episodes will be dropping on Monday. No podcast next week because we're on vacation for us. So. Hot dog. Hot dog indeed. (laughs) Get ready and uh, good luck with getting prepped for all this stuff. Hopefully these resources help. Um, If you have any questions or anything, feel free to send us some stuff on Instagram or... uh, Or the Twitter or anything. At at the Twitter, yes. (laughs) Any, Any way you can get a hold. Questions, advice, we'll try to do our best to get back to you. We're here for you.